Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Back again in the Asia Tech Podcast Studio. Today we are live in the eSports show Asia with me, Andy. But today we have a bit of a difference. Sabir, unfortunately, cannot come in today, so I'm going to be hosting solo. But I'm joined with a founder, uh, the founder of the team No Use Talking. And he also manages the team Aerowolf. He is Eugene Tay. Hi, Hello, Andy. Thanks hey. for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming. So I know you've been gaming for the longest time. Yeah. And you are the team owner of No Use Talking. Yes. Can we talk about what No Use Talking is, like the games you play and just how it has been, you know, a uh, uh, build up from the beginning? Okay. So basically, No Use Talking started like 15 years ago. 15? One five, yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. basically, we started out as a name, uh, under the team name of BFNUT. BFNUT. Yeah, which was called Battlefield Nut. You mm. know? So NUT uh, stood for No Use Talking back then. Yes. So um, we were like basically fanatics of the game itself, Battlefield, like mm. of the Battlefield series. So um, starting out in Battlefield 1942, then from there, you know, it was just playing all the Battlefield games. Right. Like since then. So you've covered all the Battlefield yeah, games. Like one, two, four... But do you still play uh, the recent series? Uh, the recent series, yes, Battlefield Five. Yeah, yeah. But lately, because there's been so many hackers in the game, so it's <laughs> so irritating to play it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with FPS, right? Yeah. I mean, with shooter games in general, yeah. like I don't know why, but compared to like other genres, like the MOBAs, cheating in the shooter games is more prevalent, and it seems to be one of the hardest problems to be fixed right yeah definitely i mean every like uh like different game have their own like uh mm. s- a cheat engine kind of thing yes yeah so it's very difficult. but uh okay so that's battlefield can we i i want to just jump into this recent game that's been booming. apex legends <laughs> yes you know it right <laughs> yeah so better than we can pull the link uh apex legends so the audience can see what apex legends is mm-hmm. but yeah apex legends another battle royale game yeah uh can i just ask was battlefield similar to a battle royale or is it another mm, form of battlefield will be coming out with its own battle royale game right which is called firestorm okay i think it's coming out in march so that is yeah. something definitely to check it out yeah. uh i'm not really a big fan of br games but you know, I mean, I'm not good at it. But <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that I still do, I mean, like, I, st- I definitely still want to play it. Yeah. Like, uh, especially for Apex, I mm-hmm. have not really touched it. Yeah, but if you've seen footage of the game? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's, been, yeah, it's really exciting, It right? is, it is. Uh, I was watching Shroud. Uh, everybody knows Shroud. Yeah. He's uh, playing out of his mind with Apex, Leg- Apex Legend- Legends, right? Yeah. Uh, he mentioned in one of his streams that he feels bad for Battlefield because... You know, Apex Late Legends released earlier than the Battlefield series. Yeah. So then it's it's kind of uh, 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 sh- uh, shrouding <laughs> the Battlefield release. Yeah. And his concern was if Apex releases a, a, a big patch by the time Battlefield releases their game, then nobody will be playing Battlefield, right? But mm. do you think... This is what's gonna happen. Um, I think fans will still play the Battlefield, yeah. uh, like for, like for the, like for the Battlefield Royal game yes. for sure. Uh, but it's just whether if you know, like we're talking about hackers, right? <laughs> so if let's say there was a hacker in like in Firestorm, for example, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's just gonna take out the fun out of it for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
there's just no fun playing yeah. against hackers. But I I never understand why people hack in the first place. Like, where's the fun in that, right? I I think but just hack just to troll. Mm. I think they troll and people just feel that they have a sense of uh, achievement as well. Right. Maybe they feel that, you know, since I can't beat them, you know, yes. I'm just going to hack. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the mentality that people have. And I'm sure even without hacks, some people do troll regardless. Yeah. And you being in the scene for like 15 years, you must have seen the development of the scene, right? Yes, uh, definitely. Especially in the games that you play, Battlefield, uh, Black Shot, yeah. you played, right? Black Shot, yeah. And of course, uh, recently, Rainbow Six Rainbow Siege. Six Siege, yeah. Uh, can we just talk about how you've seen the changes affected the game? Like, in terms of uh, toxicity, in terms of the scene, what do you think is the biggest and your favorite change that's happened in the last 15 years to the scene? Mm, I think the biggest change I would say is um, like the scene has definitely gotten more support uh, mm. in terms of investment. Mm -hmm. um, like in terms of um, you're talking about community, I think it's grown bigger as well. Yes. Like more people are gaming, you know, like uh, you're talking about gaming not just on the PC yes. console, you're talking about mobile, mobile gaming as well. Now. Yeah, everything. So I think it's become a lifestyle already. Yes. So uh, I think that's a very good thing to see. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time only where like where we start to see it like being accepted on the bigger stage, like the Olympics. Mm. You know, like the Sea Games this year. I think this would be yes. very interesting to watch. Very exciting. Yeah, like, it is. When when we just heard the news, it's just getting us jumpy. You know, yeah. I, I was like very excited when I first heard the news. I was like sitting down with my dad watching TV, and I saw the news on my phone. Right. Yeah. Then I I, I showed it to my dad, and he was like impressed you know I, I was happy that he was impressed instead of mocking it because some people yeah. would scoff at yeah you know the headline you know sea games featuring esports like what what but yeah sea games and esports is really exciting yeah uh so what what do you think is going to happen with uh the sea games featuring esports and how is it going to be uh received by the public mm. I think like uh like having this as a metal spot, mm. I think it's definitely a like a good plus point for like for the gamers. Yes. Especially those who's been like grinding this game, you know, like like really practicing. So I think it's about time that the efforts are paid off, you know. Like mm. I think like to show that hey, I'm being recognized yes. as like he athlete, I guess. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. And and back to your point about uh games now being played on multiple platforms. Uh, there seems to be a trend here in Southeast Asia, especially, that people are more into mobile games. Yeah. And recently, I heard the news that there was a football club that partnered with a mobile gaming team in Indonesia. Okay. Uh, PSG. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So PSG partnered with LGD for Dota Two. France. Yeah. Yes, and. They won uh, second place in the international. Yeah. Now they partnered with <clears throat> one of the best mobile legends teams in Indonesia, uh, RRQ, and they also placed second in the recent uh, tournament. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. But my interest is, what do you think about getting this types of sponsors for a team? You being a team owner, you you mm. must have uh, thought about getting sponsors, right? Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on teams uh, getting sponsors as big as PSG? Okay, I think it's uh, a lot of exposure, definitely, mm -hmm. you know, for them, and I believe it's a huge investment coming from yes. clubs like this. 
uh, to give such a like a huge support to these teams, you know. And uh, I, I mean, just putting them on the international stage, I guess, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, what else? Because because uh, yeah. I read a piece of news uh, about international brands partnering with teams, right? No, yeah, they make brands. Yeah, yeah. One of the brands was Air Asia. Mm-hmm. I think they partnered with a team from Indonesia as well, but their concern, uh, I think they. I think dissolved. it was Minsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, I'm not Fodora, sure. I think. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure because they are now dissolved. Like mm-hmm. the partnership is now dissolved. But the concern there was that the players of the team felt there was tremendous pressure to perform under, under such the a big international name. brand. Yeah, yes. I get what I mean. So, do you think this is a problem that you're going to see with these teams that's partnering with all the big brands? Um, Honestly, I don't think, you know, mm. like, I don't think it's such a big, um, like, I mean, maybe, yeah, definitely for them, like, maybe the players will feel that it's, like, tremendous mm. amount of pressure, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to look at it at the bigger picture, you see, right. it's not just about, oh, you know, like, I'm I'm going to flop with the stage, it's okay. actually going to give me a lot more opportunities mm. to really uh, come out strong and to show what we really have, you know. Right. Kind of thing. Have you experienced this with any of your players? Because you... Um, yeah, I guess in the past, you know, right. like, um, I think it depends on like when we get up there on the international stage, for mm-hmm. example, I think like, especially it being their first land, some people just don't feel like that confident. So it's just the nerves getting over. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. So how do you think we can fix that? Because uh, one of the things that people should be looking into is establishing esports as a, uh, in, 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 in the way that traditional sports have been uh, operating. Like, you know, uh, setting up a facility for people to supporting just, stuff yeah supporting stuff yeah you know just to get these players focused on their game instead of having to worry about the fringe stuffs like uh their health their mental aspect, schedule yeah. mental aspects yeah. right um this is one of the things i think is close to your heart yeah mental, it, is. Mental it, is, it is it is yeah so maybe you can share a bit about your journey you know, getting involved in esports in the first place because okay. I heard a story from you when we just first met, uh-huh. and I think it's a, sh- it's a about story game addiction. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and it's a story worth sharing. So I think okay. you have to just talk about it. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So uh, basically, when like at the age of like fifteen, sixteen, I mm. think I was quite uh, addicted to gaming. Mm. Yeah. So basically, I would always go to this la- uh, like this land back then in Orchard. Okay. So uh, I always patronize the place. Like, f- I think for the past like almost ten years. Ten years, yeah, you've ten been years. just going just to the going land. To the shop. land, yeah. I, like, I wouldn't wow. even upgrade my PC just for it. It's more wow. of like because I believe that like going to the land environment is it's more fun. Yes. Uh, that you usually get to meet a lot of people. Mm. You know, the interaction there is great and all. So uh, after that, I think my mom kind of knew like where I was going and then she even knew my nickname everything she found out wow, from there okay. yeah she ever had to come down sometimes to pull me out <laughs> <laughs> so to pull you Teenage out years, just to yeah. clarify she wasn't there to root you for gaming right? nah no, I mean okay. like to pull me out because like um, like I would skip school at times okay. yeah, yeah just but just to play land yeah. right yeah. right so I think after that um, I realized that you know like I, I really had to play every day mm. just to improve on my skills so uh, I think after that when I moved like when I grew older, as I realized now at this stage, okay, um, like the addiction definitely has, you know, like one off the kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I've gotten over it. I I don't have to game every day. Yes. So it's more of like, I, you know, I think more responsibilities are here, that kind of right. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's grow older as well. 
Um, so as I was saying, I think about the story that I shared with you the other mm-hmm. time. Uh, it was about this kid, uh, like the biscuit had this same issue as me. Okay. And uh, I actually um, had to go over to, so basically I received a message from him. Right. Like saying that, uh, hey, you know, like he wanted to join my team. Right. And etc. Like he wanted to try out for the team. Then I was Which like, game was this? Uh, Battlefield. Battlefield. Battlefield 4. Yeah. Okay. Then he was like, you know, hey, uh, like I heard that your team's recruiting, like you guys, you know, like that would like to join you guys. Mm. And so we were like, no, I th- um, that's not the way that we invite players. <laughs> right. We, we actually keep a lookout. So we actually come to you, not you come to us. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that was you how. You send the invitations. Yeah, we not, send the invitations. Yeah, out. Okay. Yeah. So after that, I think, uh, like when we, like after a few weeks later, I think I received uh like uh like a call from like a friend saying that you know like I think they needed help with this kid right the game oh, addiction. This was a friend of the kid. Uh, more of like uh like an intermediate kind of thing. Like okay, yeah. So so uh like they like they told me that it was something to do with Battlefield as well. Mm. With the game Battlefield. So I was like okay, so let's go and check it out. So I went down to like into his place and found out hey. You know, like then when I was talking to the kid, and I realized that hey, I think it's the same kid that messaged oh. us about joining. Oh yeah, you didn't realize that it was the kid. I didn't realize that yeah. applied to your team. Yeah, yeah. But when it's you only came, when he saw me, and then he was like, "Aren't you the guy from <laughs> BF or something?" I'm like, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So how did it go after? So it took me like from there. I think uh, like from there, I just told him this: if you really want to join us, mm. I think it's all about you know like changing yourself. Like how uh like you have to go to school, mm. like you have to like do your homework, you know, etc. And then that way, in a way, I'll be able to invite you for my trainings, and then right. we'll see whether if you are capable enough to like you know like to uh, try out for the team. Okay, yeah. did he end up trying out for your team? Uh, like he went through a trial period, mm. but after a while, I think things didn't really really worked out. So, mm. I, I mean, at least the opportunity was there, you know. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like I saw a lot of uh like uh changes in him. Like he really changed a lot. So. Fast forward today, uh, I would say he's doing great. Like he's right. back to school, everything. Uh, like now he's even working out. You know, mm. like change guy, man. Like really, all right. Changed. That's that's really great. Yeah. But does he still game though? Uh, hardly. I think. Hardly. I would say, yeah. Wow. He, he's actually gotten over it as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing, right? People are. Uh, this is one of the aspects that people are gonna be ignoring in the near future because they see esports as something that's booming, right? Yeah. And. People are just very bullish in terms of investing in esports, and players are getting a, an excuse, I would say, to play more games. Yeah. Right. And yep. ignore their so-called addiction because I now it's a tin line, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So yeah. now players are just gonna say, "Hey, I'm getting compete in the C games, so I I am supposed to play this game eight hours a day yep. without sleep, without school, because <laughs> I want to be the best." Yeah. But that's not the way we do it. Nah. I think we have a schedule. Yeah. Yes, because everything in moderation, right? Yep. So, what are the things that people can do to help manage this uh, issue uh, from your perspective? Because you've been through it, and a lot of people are going to be going through it as well. Yeah. But they might not necessarily know how to address this problem. So, do you have like any advice on how we can? Uh, I would say this? basically having a healthy lifestyle for sure. You know, mm-hmm. like changing your sleep patterns. That's okay. uh, I think that's one issue that a lot of gamers of us, like, yeah, that we all face. You know, it's that's always the, the last game. You know, last game, last game, and that's the thing, sleeping. right? This is what I noticed. Okay, when I play Counter Strike, I noticed that the best players always play above twelve a.m. 
So when anyone yeah. compete with these players, I have to stay up and play yeah. them yeah. at that timing, right? So that messes up my t- uh, sleep schedule. Yeah. Okay. So maybe other tips from you. Um. So basically, I think like um going to the gym, exercise, you know, right. like like you can really just take a walk, mm. anything, uh, eating, like eating properly as well. I think all this matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like the moment you do all of this, I think it like really helps to, in terms of lifestyle, I think yes. it helps to better a lot. Yes. You know, it, and I think the teams, the bigger teams, are recognizing this as well because yeah. they are now incorporating uh, regimes, schedules, and yeah. everything. They even hire practitioners, coach. right? Yeah, Coaches, coach. yeah. uh, uh, a nutritionist, yeah. psychologist, yeah. just to get these players adequate support. Yeah, and of course, without them having to think about sleep schedule or what to cook or what to eat. What to eat yeah then they can just focus on the game. Yep. But for those people who are just starting out, they don't have these resources, right? Yeah. So they have to still think about it on their own. And it's going to be tough. A lot more discipline. A lot, yeah. more, discipline A lot more discipline. From within. Yeah, right? from within. Yeah. So I think it it is up to us. And to those players thinking, I don't have the resources like those big teams, there's no excuse for it. You can, you can still do it. Yep. And you just have to be mindful about what yeah. you do. And, you know, just think about your future more. Of course, if you want to play the games you want to play and be the best at it, playing like 12 hours a day is not going to help. Yeah. It's not going to help. Yeah. And being mindful about what you do outside gaming will actually help you in in game, right? Yeah. So that's, I think, some of the thoughts that people should try and incorporate in their mind. It's also about quality, you know, like what you put into your schedule. Yes. Like uh, not just the the healthy part, but how you practice the game, how you go about it. Mm. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially... Uh, with games like uh, strategic games and yeah. team games, right? Yeah. You have to put deliberate practice in before you can see improvements. Yeah. So how do you practice with your team? Uh, we usually have a lot of like uh, team talks, you know, like mm. just to, like, to get the idea of how a player thinks on the game itself. Right. Like, for example, like we will talk, like we'll go through custom games. Okay. Like, you know, like we'll do strategies, we'll talk about strats. Right. Like watch videos together, watch VODs. Okay, yeah. uh, before we get deeper into this, yep. what game do you play now? Um, I actually play Rainbow Six Siege, but, uh, and Battlefield, but right. it's been a while since I've okay. touched, yeah, because you know, I've been so busy playing <laughs> for events, that kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> so personally, you don't play as much, yeah. right? But right. you are managing a team of players yeah. who are playing these games, right? Yes, I do. Which game is... Uh, uh, for Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we can talk more about practicing in this game. Because uh, from what I saw, Rainbow Six Siege is similar to Counter-Strike global offensive yeah more of a tactical like yes more tactical stuff there's more tactical stuff like more gadgets more uh, equipments Uh, but uh, the base of it is still the same you still have to practice as a team and whatever so maybe you can help us go through your practice regime okay so basically we have like our weekly schedule where Mm. uh, like we'll see like everyone will update their like the calendar yeah like on the google calendar and then we'll see like when's everyone available and then we'll okay. slot in a time where everyone can get together and we'll, you know, get talking about custom games. Like, okay, so st- strategy-wise, what, like what we're going to do, mm. uh, like what we're going to focus on today, like one thing, you know, one thing at a time. I, th- I think that's very important. Right. Um, then from there, we like go into scrims. So okay. scrims, like uh, in December, we had plenty of scrims, you know, like we'll play Ooh. against like the top tier teams in APAC. Okay. Like, you're talking about teams like from Fnatic, 
uh, Norango, etc. Yeah. Right. But so was is there a lot of teams here in Singapore or in Southeast Asia? For Siege? Yeah, um, for Siege. I think in in Singapore, not really. Mm. I think less than like like really, really little. So like this mm. coming event that we have, uh, which is the Pop Storm. Right. Which we'll dive into that later. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to engage more of the local community. Yes. So that's where we start to see whether if there are more teams out there or mm. people who are interested, interested in the teams game, like yeah. each other. Yeah. So this is something like an opportunity so for us. you've been competing overseas for six yes. each, right? Yeah. Uh, where are the most teams located uh, at? I would say mostly in like within APEC, you know, ANZ region mm. for sure. And in like Japan. Okay. Yeah. Like Japan, so, I think. Yeah. Wait, Japan and ANZ. Yeah, that's that's really. I mean, Southeast Asia has yeah. has its number of teams as well. Okay. but you're talking about really, really properly established uh, teams. Yeah, that's the issue that we have. Yeah. So in Southeast Asia, you would say that the teams are not well established. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're trying to change this, right? Yeah, right. we're trying to change all of this. So, which team are you working with? Uh, right I'm now? working with Airwolf, Air like Wolf. an Indonesian organization. Okay. So, um, the boys, like like in this team, are basically Singaporeans, but they play okay. for Indonesia org. Right. So, uh, like recently, uh, I I got invited by them in November last year mm. to help manage them. You know, since I've already gone through, uh, like in July yes. last year, where we did a bit of boot camp with them. Uh, they came around a place. We had a boot camp, and then after that, we went over to Sydney. Okay. For the Paris major, for, for the qualifier. Yeah. So being with them, with the team, like, you know, going overseas twice already, mm-hmm. has, uh, definitely we have seen a lot of issues, like the rising and all. So um, lately as well, the team has got, is undergoing a transition period where we're changing out one new member in and like one of our old members just left. So I think it's going to be a, like, a, like a big change. And mm. also, like I mentioned earlier, like one of the players, he just turned 18, mm. you know, so and he's been waiting for what three years, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I think this is a big break, you know. Like we definitely yes. want to see the team, uh, but sorting out the fundamentals, the issues that they have as a team, and breaking out this curse, yeah, right, and moving forward. For those people who don't know, maybe you can share why is it that turning eighteen is something big? Uh, because most of the tournaments they have an age limit. Mm. Like for Rainbow Six Siege, they actually have like. Uh, like a minimum age to play in their to play like in their right. cups and tournaments. So like maybe for Go Falls, like every Sunday, mm-hmm. you have to be fifteen at the very least. Wow. Well, well, for the majors, like you know, talking about pro league, mm-hmm. etc., you have to be eighteen and above. So this is imposed by imposed the publisher? by yeah by the publisher. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I think it's by ESL or the publisher. Yeah, right. Yeah. So one of those. <clears throat> so your age is actually important yeah. for you to play the games, but yeah. This is interesting because people want to get good at the game by starting early. Yeah, right? yeah. So they play like from, I don't know, the age of 14, 15. Yeah, 15 up. Play for a few years. And I think people get good really fast these days. They do, they do. They right? Do. Yeah. So one of the games I play is Dota. And one of the best players in the world is Sumail. Mm. If you've heard, I of remember him. him. Fifteen, yes. right? He was like fifteen. He, he was like he a scrawny first. little kid yeah, yeah. playing the Pakistan game. Pakistani kid, Pakistani yeah. kid, and he was owning other people, right? He was. But that's a problem. He was just fifteen, yeah, and he wasn't allowed to travel and compete in these games by Valve because of that age restriction. I see. I see. Right. So, do you think this is an issue that needs addressing, or do these players need to just wait it out? Um, I think like 
having to wait until the age of 18 is definitely a road like where they have to go through mm. is to build up the experience okay you know and to also build up like you know because like being young you know like you have definitely have a lot of ego that's for <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah I, I, I remember myself being that you know just a little yeah. prick same you here, know same just here. <laughs> Telling off everybody in the game, saying they suck, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you get over it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think it's building of character, you know, mm-hmm. and, and everything. So maybe I think, and also there's, a, I mean, like this maturity level, I guess, you know, in terms of the crowd, like community wise, mm. we're talking about how, like nowadays, we're talking about toxicity. Yes. Like nowadays. I think that's a very big issue that, uh, like nowadays, that we have to highlight and, and definitely have to change about. Yes. Yeah. So what are your thoughts that's really bothering you when it comes to toxicity? Um, I think it's just people disrespecting, you know, Mm. like they just have no respect at all. Right Right. nowadays, it's just blatant, you know, like they don't really care anymore. Mm. So, uh, you know, like what we call keyboard warriors kind of thing. (laughs) Yes. Back in the day. Yes. So, but now I think people are just like, they don't really care anymore. You Mm. know, like like they just like straight out call you out and, you know, like say, hey, you suck. Yeah, I don't think you should. I think you should uninstall this game. Yes. I don't think you should be here. Yes. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, I'm, like we're just starting, you know. Like, people are just starting to learn this game, and people are already driving them out of the yes. community. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a thing, because these people claim that they care about the game. They claim that they care about the community, but this is the stuff they do. Yeah. They drive people out of the game yeah. by just. I don't know whether it's intentional or you know they're just being themselves or having fun in the game. Because for me myself. I actually do enjoy some trash talk, to be honest. Banter, like, you know. I mean, if it's banter friendly, banter. Yeah, it's yeah, banter. Not? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the balance that we need to yeah. strike. Yeah. Because for some people, seeing uh, someone else flame you in game can be an experience that's not very pleasant. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to realize what you say in game is most of the time is just banter. Yeah. Right. But. You still need to address those people that uh, are doing this constantly and yeah, driving the people yeah, out. Yeah, there. Yeah. And I, I think you know this because you are uh, also managing a community of the <clears throat> Rainbow Six, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, right? Yep, I am. Can you share more about that? Community? So basically, I started this uh, community group for Rainbow Six Siege on Facebook. <clears throat> uh, like we started out in 2015. Right. when the game just entered its alpha stage, and you know, like we got invited for beta, and we were playing it, and. Then I realized that, you know, like I think it will lack in community on Facebook. So I just created it only intentionally, only for Singapore and Southeast Asia. Somehow, suddenly over the years, it kind of blew up. So wow. now today we have 157,000 over members Damn. globally. 150,000? Yeah. 157,000. Over uh, the world? Yeah, over the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So how do you manage that? So There's like a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. So basically I have like uh, admins from all over the world as well. Okay. Like I have admins from uh, NA, mm. from Europe, mm. you know, like even Singapore as well. So like these guys really helped me a lot you know, right. like in terms of moderation. So even recently we just came out with our own Discord server. Mm. So like we've been trying to bring, like bridge the gap, you know, like for casual and competitive okay. players together, mixing them together and all. Right. So I, I think it's very important to like, how to control a community like this size? Yes. It's uh, it takes a lot of hard work. It's, it's, it does. It's, yes, it's not easy. Yes, yeah. and especially when it comes to what we were talking about toxicity, right? Yeah, people will be toxic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We have right? banned so many people yes. from the group. So right? h- how did you handle that? Is so, it just 
So basically, we try to address the issue sometimes where like we try to reason with them, mm. but or usually we get them a mute for seven days, like in the group, like, wow. like like you can't say anything, you can't post anything. So usually they'll come and complain to us saying that, <laughs> hey, you know, like why they get a mute, and then we'll like provide the like <laughs> the, the necessary the evidence. evidence, the evidence, like the screenshot, and then we'll talk about it. So so usually a lot of these people like they don't really care, right. or if not, they will just like you know like they accept it and then they will just <clears> move on from there. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing because some people who are toxic. <clears throat> they don't really care whether they're banned or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. They, they they do it for the sake of doing it, so yeah. it doesn't really matter for them. But how do you protect the people which are uh, 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 are the targets of the toxicity? Have you like had any initiatives from your side as the community manager to you know get the people feel better? I guess uh, I think it's more about like helping them. Like for example, like. Uh, Talking about like uh like when we talk about community, for example, mm. like for example, this coming Saturday, I think this is something like a small initiative that I'm starting. Like I'm trying to reach out. If I can do this well enough here, mm. I think it's something good to copy and paste overseas as well, yes. like globally, like where we can start having more and more people having their own community events, right. uh, coming out, you know, like in person, interacting. I think that's I think that's what we are lacking. You yeah, know, that kind of thing. That, that's what I really like as well. Like the grassroots movements. That's yeah. what's gonna drive the community forward, and you know, just get people all over the world to get involved more in yep. the scene right yes so what about the Saturday what, what's the event what game what's yeah. gonna happen so with this big hype that I've been talking about okay. like this coming Saturday is basically a Rainbow Six Siege Pop Stomp event Pop Stomp yeah right. so basically it's aligned together with the Six Invitation that is ongoing at the moment right so for those who don't know what the Six Invitation is about it's a it's a one million dollar prize pool tournament one million one million Damn. yeah so 16 teams have are currently now playing in Montreal, Canada. Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Canada. So they are playing, uh, they're going through the group stages right now in the moment. Right. So the semifinals, uh, like the playoffs will happen on this coming Friday on the 15th to the 17th on the okay. Sunday. So um, on, like the reason why I held it on the Saturday is because of time, you know, like time. <laughs> yeah, like, time example, difference, yes. Like time difference, like Montreal is like 13 hours behind. Yep. So, uh, so like holding on a Sunday would make sense. If I hold it on a Sunday, like for the final, yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just going to overlap into Monday and, yes. and it's not really good, be good for people who are working and yes. all. And all. Yes. So, uh, like having it on a Saturday, we, we already have uh, kind of engaged, like within the past two weeks, we already engaged, like uh, we already got the support of of some of our local partners. Right. Uh, we talked about the Coliseum, mm-hmm. like which is the land event. Uh, like the a land, land arena, yes. Yeah, like a land venue at the at downtown east. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Zawi. Zawi, okay. okay. Uh, and we have uh, Monster Energy as well. Monster Energy. Yeah. Right. So basically these guys are coming in huge to really support us mm-hmm. like this very last minute. Mm-hmm. So I really have to thank them a lot. Yeah, yeah that's sure. two weeks, right? Yeah. That's really yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks okay. of just getting the okay. support. So I think that's really a big thing. Right. So um, there's a lot of things that we have lined up like for the event. Okay. In terms of activities, uh, giveaways, you wow. know, like that kind of thing. What, what what can people get from the giveaway? Uh, prizes, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about giving out uh, in-game credits. In-game credits. In-game credits yeah, for in-game Rainbow, Six Siege. Yeah, uh, Rainbow okay. Six Siege. Uh, we're looking also to give like, uh, I think that a lot more is just that, yeah, we are still thinking about okay. how we should go about it. Yeah, right. That kind of thing. Because there's okay. 
so many things to do. I mean, this is yes. our first pop song, honestly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot to learn. And it's really exciting, right? Yeah. This Saturday, what time is it starting? Starting at 9 p.m. 9 All the way to right? 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we talked day. about this, like yeah. 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. Yeah, 12 hours. It's crazy. Yeah. And so there'll be breaks for sure. There'll definitely be yes. breaks. Yeah, it's not like we're going to go all the way, you know, <laughs> playing games now. We're right, not going to be that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, you'll be watching the Invitational. Yeah, the semifinals. Yeah. And you are also, uh, we'll be playing games, right? Yeah. Uh, six siege okay correct, correct. that's cool yeah and how have the reception been like is there people who've shown interest yeah definitely okay. i think we have like gotten about almost uh at the moment at the moment the last last number that i saw was 21 21 so we're hoping to hit at least a minimum of 30 where it's like a niche crowd where we can yes. work with i mean the partners are like more than happy to work with you know yeah. i think so like having this like with his first step I think we can move forward from here to have more events in the future for mm. the local community. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And this is what I like to see when, like with any games, I just want the people to do something about it. Yeah. Like what you're doing, you're you're, you're organizing a pop stomp. Yeah. Because nobody has nobody done this has before. Done that, yes. Like for Siege. For yes. Siege. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for Dota, we've seen some, but even then, we don't see so much here in Southeast Asia. Right? Yeah, yeah. So this is something that I think can be a great thing if we can get it to regularly happen. For sure. Yeah. So maybe you can share like what are the struggles you you have to face when we organize this. Uh, struggles, I think, would be basically the most important thing would be mm. getting the people out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, like Singaporeans, right? Like, <laughs> you're talking about holding this place at, say, downtown east. Yes. You know, which is, uh, which is in Pasteries. Mm-hmm. So, people would be thinking, like, I stay in Jurong. Okay, like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to take, like, two hours to get there. So, what am I getting out of it? Like, yes. to come all the way down just to watch a game when I can be easily watching it on the PC or on my mobile phone, that kind of thing. Mm. So, what kind of activities are we talking about? What kind of giveaways, you know, like, right. like can incentivize them? Okay. But I think, I, I think we need to change all of that. It's not just about prices. Yes. It's also about interaction. Mm-hmm. I think that's what is like we are lacking here, like nowadays in the community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We we need the community to come together. Yeah. And I think people are showing interest in just getting together, talking about their favorite game. So I I really hope that your event will turn out great. Yeah. Sure. And Thank you. I just I hope to be there, but sure. again, it's downtown east, so I'll have to see how it goes. And it's Saturday, nine p.m. till nine a.m. Yeah. So. Is there have anyone raised concern about that? Uh, about the time? Yeah. Uh, I I don't really think so. I think right. gamers are more of like, wow, you know, like this is twelve hours. Sure, man, sure. let's go, man. I mean, <laughs> yes. like, I can game twelve hours at home. Why not? I can Why not? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll yes, be with yes. other people exactly. watching yes. the game. Like, we'll be doing so many things mm, together. Mm, you know. Mm, yeah. Yep. 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 So okay, that's pop stomp. Really excited to see that. Uh, what about tournaments? Are you uh, uh, attending any tournaments with okay. your team? So for Aerov itself, uh, for the Siege team, we mm. are actually in the midst of the Pro League, right? Like where we are playing the like the season. Uh, like I think it's season nine. I think so. Right now, in the moment, we are ranked. I think top two right now in the moment. Wow! Like with Xavier Esports being in the lead okay. from Thailand. So uh, I think that's like a like a hill that we have to definitely climb over, like overcome. Mm. So we have, we're undergoing a transition period right now at the yes. moment where there's a change of members and all. So we're starting our last, our last, our last three games will be in March. So that's where we finish off for the season. And from there we make it, it's whether we make it the playoffs or not. Right. Because the top two will have to advance to the APEC playoff from there. Right. Yeah. And this is happening where? Uh, most probably in Sydney, I guess. Sydney, but yeah. it's not confirmed yet. It's not confirmed yet. Yeah, no. I was, I, rem- I was asking you, like, uh, is Sydney the place for siege? 
right. yeah. So as I was saying earlier, yeah. because they have the ESL studio over there, yes. so everything is just really preset there. Already, right. I think. So it's really about the preparation of the venues, right? Yeah. So this is what we want in Asia as well. Yeah. Right? Especially in Southeast Asia. Yeah. And I mean, it's been nice to see that uh, there are organizations uh, setting up facilities for these tournaments. And of course, with the recent trends like in Sea Games and uh, leagues in Indonesia, for example, I'm really hoping to see more and more facilities here in Southeast Asia. But do you think people will actually come to it eventually? Like, you know, maybe governments will help build a facility for esports. Is this something you're looking? I think there's definitely to? a bonus. You know, like the government yeah. to come in, like. Whether or not like the government comes in, I mean, right. like esports is definitely going to move forward it's for sure. It's still happening. Yes. It's still happening for sure without them. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think uh, like right now, like for example, like uh, like in Singapore, I think we are. I think that's what we're lacking. Mm. We're lacking like venues like this, where like in Malaysia, for example, they have the better arena, yeah. they have the Pantheon, you know, and they have so many things upcoming for them. Mm. So I and also in other countries, you know, like within Southeast Asia, maybe right. because I guess it's about the like the cost of it. Like you know, of building arena, like for example, yeah. So it's whether people are very receptive of it. Mm. Like, what, what do you think are the uh, plus points we gotta get out of it? You know, okay, I think. And these people also have to think about the games that's gonna be played. Yeah, and because you know, some games will attract more people than others, right? Yeah. Uh, do you think Siege will be that game still in the near future? Mm. I can't really say because this is Ubisoft's first yeah. FPS game, right? Kind of thing. So I think there's still so much things to fix. Mm. Like uh, you're talking about the, the bugs and all everything, mm -hmm. but I think as an esports title, it's growing for sure. Okay, you know, like it's uh, like it took us like almost like uh since almost a year ish. Okay, for the game to really go like competitively here in mm. like in APEC, so. So I think it's all about like because like here in Asia, you know, like we always get I think what's the leftover kind of thing, mm -hmm. like like the last minute thing. Right. So I think like whatever is happening is always happening in NA Europe. So I think it's about time that we start doing things here instead of just waiting. Yes. You know, I think that's very important. yeah, and we see a lot of the the other games doing this as well, like uh, Dota, Counter Strike, because historically in Southeast Asia, we don't have that power to compete at the top of the world. Yeah. Right. We don't see a lot of teams from Asia in general. Yeah. In like the games like Dota, Counter Strike. Correct. I mean, in Dota, you have China, of course. Yeah. But they're 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 uh, their own league, right? Yeah. We can't compare Southeast Asia to China. Yeah. But I'm really excited to see what's gonna happen with Southeast Asia. Like, what do you think is like the best uh, things that's gonna happen in the near future with Southeast Asia's esports. I think Southeast Asia as a region, uh, we definitely have a lot of talent. I think, mm. but it's just that everyone's so fragmented, mm. you know, all over the place. So I think if you're talking about building a, let's say, an all star C team, right? You know, I think the first thing we have to overcome is that language barrier, yeah. you know, which we already have an issue with. But I think it's as long as we are able to pull our resources together and work towards it you know, like overcome all these uh, like issues that we have. Right. I think like we'll definitely be at the top, you know, like, like I won't see it as an issue where, you know, like we, like, like we can't really be fighting at the same level as them. Mm. I think it's because also of like the, the culture as well. I think that's very important. Yes. Like in the countries that we have, like especially in Asia here, you know, like it's always about academics first. Yes. Yeah. So do you think it's going to be just one company setting up a facility for players from all over the country here in Southeast Asia. Will that help 
building up the scene. Uh, that is definitely a big, 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 big support, you know? Yeah. yeah I would say. That's what we yeah. need, right? Yeah. We just need, because this is the struggle I have as a player, right? Uh, I want to compete with the best people here in the region, yep. but I don't know where to go, right? They There's no this uh, centralized, centralized yeah. area where you can just go there and be assured that the players there are the best of the best. Yeah. So that's what I think we need in Southeast Asia, where we can just come, you know, together yeah. and compete on the one roof. Yes. Kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I mean, of course, we can do it online, but it's just not the same. Yeah, just not the same. Yeah. And of course, with games like Counter Strike uh, and Siege, there's a lot of hackers, yep. and that's one of the challenges that uh, prevents us from having a conducive online environment. We can't organize tournaments because there's the potential that people would cheat. Yeah. I mean, of course, the people who have proven themselves on LAN, they ha- they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's the barrier we need to overcome. For those people who have proven themselves on LAN, they can compete at the top level online. And so this space is like exclusively uh, uh, featured for the people that are competing at the top. Yeah. While for people like, you know, maybe myself or maybe the semi-pro players, they still need to prove that they are something and they're not using support from third-party apps. Yep. And that's the thing that we need to help with. We need to have Bridge this. them together. Yeah. Yes. We need to show that these people are legit. And one way to do that is to, you know, get people together under one roof, a destination. Basically like having a talent agency kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. See, see that's, that's, that's the thing that we need, right? Yeah. I just really hope someday that we can we all know that there's this one place to go if we want to prove ourselves as a uh, as a player. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. So what do you think is going to happen in Singapore with these titles? Because Singapore is a interesting challenge. Because uh, one of the things that people have been uh, concerned about is living cost. Yeah. Right. And you know Singapore to be one of the most expensive countries in the it world. It is. It is. So. It's really hard to balance a career in esports, uh, an industry that's really young yep. and arguably unproven, while living in a country that's demanding a lot out of you. Expectations right? are high. Expectations yeah, are high. Coming from parents, you know, yes. from everybody. Yeah, so kind of thing. this is one of the challenges you must have faced growing up and yep. getting involved in the scene, right? Yep. So how did that go? Like, what did you do to overcome this? So, basically, when, like, when I used to compete, uh, it took, like, so much effort to really try to convince my parents, especially yes. my mom, you know, like, to understand what I was doing with gaming, you right. know, like, uh, like, 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 at the age of 16 already, I was telling her that I want to be a professional gamer. At the age of 16? Yeah, and she was telling, and she was just laughing at me, saying that, you know, this is not Korea or China, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like, you're definitely not going to make it. Yes. So, but those are fighting words, you know. So, so I kind of like uh, took that and told her that, you know, like I'll practice really hard mm. like with my team and like that we'll show you what we can do. So we actually like went through a lot, like put in a lot of effort, we mm-hmm. practiced, uh, we went through tournaments, we started winning, we climbed even higher. Like we even played this online league back in the day, which was a uh, Battlefield 2 one, like a uh, Battlefield 2 World Tournament, which lasted for six months. So Ooh. we were playing at this small little land, like, like, uh, like, I think like internet back then was like like so minimal, you know that kind of <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah, like it wasn't great as today. Mm-hmm. 
like as it is. Uh, PC specs were not even great as yes. well. So everything was just really of a downgrade kind of thing. But right. we still persevered, you know. And we came out top. We came out, I think, top top 25 in the world. Wow. So after that, I think, but because of the recent updates I always gave to the community, people started to recognize and say that, hey, you know, you guys should be featured like in the papers. Right. So they actually called in the papers and the papers came down to interview us. They took a picture of us. Right. So that's where slowly we got, like we gained recognition mm. and then we took part in more and more tournaments. Right. Like eventually also we went to, so we have been to places like, uh, like Malaysia to, um, to Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. To Malaysia, Sweden and South Africa for myself. Wow. Yeah. And Taiwan. And so Taiwan you've been well. touring a lot for this. That was back in the day. Yeah. Uh, back in the day when I used to compete. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, how did it go after you gained that recognition? Uh, I think like, after gaining the recognition, it's more of like that support, you know, like the parents start to see like, oh, you know, like finally, okay, you, like you're getting something mm -hmm. out of it, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, I think. So, but that's where, you know, like although, you know, like being typical Asian parents, they are like, like especially Still. my dad, you know, like dad is like, uh, you know, silent okay. type. Yeah. yeah. But because yeah. my interest is, will you be able to sustain yourself with that? Like because players who are up and coming, they want to be uh, sure that they can sustain. I think it is possible. This. It is possible, right? It is possible, but like it really depends like on how much support mm. like the player can get, right? You know, it's like I mean, like so many organizations out there are like promising like, oh, I can get you this X amount of uh, mm. of support or salary. But in the end, like, you know, things didn't come true. Mm. But that's also also because of results, you see. Like, it's all, it's all about the ROI, yes. you know, that kind of thing. Like, what you can give. So, like, a lot of players, they think that, oh, it's all about just playing. Mm. But being a professional, like, it really equates to a lot of things. Like, being yourself, like being professional, like, I'm talking about in terms of your, uh, like, your character, you know, yep. everything. Like, the way you behave yourself. Yeah, it's how you carry yourself about. Yeah, right. to be a pro. Yeah, it's okay. not easy, you know, it's like, uh, but talking about also even being like on social media, mm. like how you behave, I think that's very important. Yeah, there was there was there, there was one piece of news that's been uh, spreading around the Dota scene, where one player was being a bit of a racist in the chat. Uh, yeah, I right. think I've seen that quite a couple of times. Right. <laughs> so, how will we balance this in the future? Because now you are not safe from just being toxic anymore. I mean, of course, some people would argue that this is just banter. I think it's about educating. Mm. You know, it's really about the organization itself, like how they educate these players. Like for me, when I used to recruit my players back right. at the age of 15, I've always uh, taught them like, this is the way we should have the standard, you know, like mm. the professionalism, like uh, how to behave yourself, you know, like how you have sportsmanship. Right. Like when you lose a game, you go over there instantly, it's... Like, sh like shaking your hand first, you know, like you don't just sit down there and just, you know, like think, of, oh, damn, you know, like, yes. like I, I, I just lost the game, but mm -hmm. it's all about sportsmanship at the end of the day. Yeah. But what about the games, like the casual games we play? Because I think uh, the player that's been, okay, so this player, uh, Kuku from Team TNC, which is a Filipino yeah, team, Filipino, yeah. he is now banned from competing in China. Yeah, I think I read about that. Yeah. yeah so, Say something but the thing is, this guy was, uh, I wouldn't say uh, uh, flaming people. His, his chat in-game was in a public casual game, right? Yeah. But this has cost him so much in terms, of, yeah. uh, in terms of reputation. Uh, and of course, the team themselves, they also get a penalty and they might not be able to compete in the biggest tournament in 2019 now yeah. because of that. Mm -hmm. So do you think this is an issue 
that is enforceable in the future by these companies because now people are like worried right yep uh and and they just don't feel safe anymore chatting in game would you think this is, this is going to have an effect on the scene uh i think about social interaction it's uh like at the end of the day you must know that if you're going to be talking stuff like this mm. you know it's definitely going to help people you know it's it's just going to harm yourself it's mm. going to harm the people around you the people who has been supporting you like your fans and all everything right. your families you know and people look up to you as because right now you're already going to be at like the pro level where like people look up to you, you know so and you, you don't want to be like showing like like this is the kind of person you are like the kind of character that you have mm. but do you agree with this organization's banning players because uh, i think it's a huge penalty for sure i think mm. it's harsh but the thing is that i think that's something to uh uh to talk about i think it's more mm. about like really really making them understand right yeah it's not about just giving them the penalty and then they like you know like as usual we're talking about like about but people being toxic that kind of thing it has the same thing like even though you give them a ban like they just want to understand mm. so same thing you know like you have to make them understand right yeah and so you think this is one way to educate the public and the gamers one too. i i won't say the sure way but i think it's a small <laughs> step you know right yeah okay so but it is a problem that's not going to go away yep. in the near for, future for sure for sure because esports athletes they're pretty young and like you mentioned ego is big yeah and so toxicity comes in the same package right <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah i i just uh, i was remembering our conversation with one of the people we met at the sports esports meetup he was considering the idea of an esports school yeah i was thinking right. of that as well so right, yeah. my interest now right now is do you think this concept is going to work because uh you know with the uh, ideas we've been talking about like people uh, in esports starting very young yeah. with them being uh egoistical do I you think, think similar okay, like for example we take a look sure. at Japan for example Japan's culture has always impressed me you know like since like uh like since the start of when they're so young you know yeah. like going to preschool and everything and the way they're brought up and the way they look up to their seniors right uh, like they really respect a lot the seniors the respect is there and you know like the way they talk to and all yes so i think it's something that you know like you learn from young already so i think this is something that we have to set in, in stone mm. that is very important right the only way to change this i guess so in the near future we need to educate them since day one i guess yeah right. so it really falls on the parents then right Parents, parents upbringing upbringing yeah, is very upbringing, important right. yeah upbringing is very important right yeah do you think esports can help with that because uh, now people would be more aware of it if we start talking about toxicity in esports yeah. and with people getting interested in the scene then they'll see this uh, and this problem is going to be a very visible problem and people would be more willing to address it right yeah because then it is a factor that would determine their future in the scene do you think esports is going to help with that or Esports is gonna need their help for that. I think it's a uh, both kind of like uh, win-win so situation yeah. kind of thing. Like mm. we definitely need each other. You know, it's not because esports is still very young. So yes. I think it's we really lack the whole experience on like the know-how, yes. you know, like how to get yes. things. Like okay, like, how should we go about like, right. to do this? How to address okay. these issues? Okay. So do you play sports, Eugene? Yes, I do. I actually before I started gaming, I was a competitive swimmer. Swimmer. I used to swim wow. a lot back okay. in the day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, swimmer is uh, more of a individual sport. Yeah, individual kind of thing. But and do you 
Uh, parallels in in with esports? Like, do you draw parallels with swimming? Um, okay, I think it's like being in sports has taught me. Like, I mean, I used to play tennis, right? Uh, like, okay, like even for fun. Uh, so I think like having all these sports, like, it kind of like taught me like it's more of like the like the drive, you know? Like, mm. I want to go competitive, right? That kind of like pushed me for like to go competitive, right? And to go into the team level, I think that was something uh like uh like different for me. Because like most of the things that I do was pretty like individual kind individual, of thing. Individual, yes. Yeah. So when you go into the team element, it's uh you know like you really have to work with the people from different mm. backgrounds and all like their characters, everything. Mm-hmm. So it really took me a while to really understand players. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Yes. It's not about just going harsh on them and then making them understand like using fear, for example. Yes. So uh, at the end of the day, it's about uh like how you talk to them, how yes. you make them understand, educate them. Right. I think that's more important. So what are the challenges you face? That's most uh, uh, challenging within working in a team because now of course now you are managing them right yeah back then when you were still competing what was the challenge that really needed to be addressed when you were working in a team um, uh, we talked about uh, uh, Southeast Asia having a lot of talent and language barrier being one of the things that's preventing us from producing that all-star team but within the countries themselves I think it's still a challenge to build a, a good team, right? Yep. But what do you think is the challenge that needs to be addressed? Uh, I think the challenges to address this would be foregoing the like the whole like you know like I can do it myself kind of thing, mm. you know, like individualistic. Especially true in shooter games, right? Yeah. Because in shooter games, you feel that hey, if I'm good enough, I can carry my team all the yep. way. Correct. Yeah, but this yeah. is not gonna work in team. Nah. Games. So we really have to like really talk it out. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, look, look, look at teams. For example, we talk about like CS. Yes. Talk about Navi. Like simple. Like simple is yes. truly talented individual. One of the the best. One of the best players. players. Yeah. Yes. So the thing is that like even like you have him like he can do like one v five, but at the end of the day, like you still need the team. You okay. know. So I think it's uh like you really need the right players in the right roles, mm. uh like people who are able to uh, like like the whole team has to trash things out, you know, like right. really talk it out and like, say, okay, this is what we're gonna do as a team. I can't be thinking about like, okay, like I'm, I'm just gonna do this, like my whole thing solo, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's really hard to do in Southeast Asia because people like, for example, when I play Mobile Legends, yeah. uh, people want to people favor a certain role in the game like the carry of the game right the mid lane kind the of thing. mid lane yeah. the mid lane the carry mm. so most players who play the game would always pick the heroes that are fitting that role right and nobody is going for the support role yeah, or yeah. the tank role i think that's where games like you know like overwatch when it first came out mm. um for us when we transited to from fps games like you know like shooter yes. games like battlefield and Siege and when we went to Overwatch it was a different thing for us right because there were so many things that yes, we kind of because yeah there yeah. are roles in Overwatch yeah, right yeah <clears throat> support okay. tank yes. DPS so everybody was basically a DPS you know, <laughs> like on the yeah, team because everybody wants to be the star yeah everybody right. wants to frag and all but so when it came to like giving support you're like oh, okay how am I going to do this <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't want healing you know yes, kind of yes, oh, yes. I don't want to be the one like the tank blocking and all yes yeah so you actually experienced that that whole process of transition we did we did we did right how did it go though <laughs> it was tough I, yeah. I, I gotta say it was really tough right like, it was not easy uh, mm. like we went through a lot of struggles we went through a lot of roster changes back in right. the day right uh, but I think we did some like we did have some standings here and there right 
but uh, like like eventually we realized that you know like Overwatch didn't really last long for us or so either because of like the, like the scene itself it kind of died out fast mm. also here in Singapore here in Singapore yes. yeah the, like the lack of tournaments L- like local like local tournaments in the initial start there were so many right a lot of people were it joining starts out. Dying it started out, right. like declining everything I think then Overwatch League came in place yes so everything was just different but it's really big now right yeah Especially it's only like I mean for the top tier players for yes, sure yes exactly yeah. but for people who are like you know like wanting to go to the high mm, like the next level right that's the issue that we have yeah here. exactly because here in Southeast Asia we just need people to just start doing something for the scene yeah like what you're doing with the pop stomp uh, yeah. for Siege yeah. and maybe you can do one for Overwatch as well right I guess you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah because yeah. The games happening outside are really interesting. And of course, the big leagues like the Overwatch League. Uh, I just heard the news Overwatch partnered with Coca Cola now. Mm. So there lots of things are happening. Yeah. But they're all outside of Southeast Asia. And they're really uh, reserved for the reserves, reserved for the top teams. So that's really the concern we have here in Southeast Asia. Yeah. So maybe final thoughts, Eugene. What can teams do to raise the game here in Southeast Asia? Or maybe what would you like to see happen in the scene here in Singapore or in the neighboring countries for us to be able to compete at that level with the rest of the world? I think maybe having a proper infrastructure, you know, like mm-hmm. for C, like in terms of like uh, like the countries have to start working together. Right. You know, like basically forming like ASEAN kind of thing. Yes. Where we uh, collaborate and we work together pool of resources together mm. kind of thing like building like uh, like like a centralized thing like what we're talking like about, we'll talk about yeah yes. I think that's very important I think that is one way uh, people can definitely look forward to mm-hmm. and that will bring our region even higher yes and I think we can hopefully see that start to grow from sea games yeah because that's when yeah. all the I countries start, will come together start. That's start for sure. and they'll compete and they'll yeah. see that this is something that they want to be good at yeah. and hopefully from there we'll bear fruit to more things exciting in the scene, right? Correct. All right, thank you so much, Eugene. So this has really been fun. And uh, maybe I just uh, have a few shout outs because we just started our Patreon page where people can start supporting this show because we want to bring more people like you, you know, tell their stories. So for those of you listening, thank you so much. A shout out to our patrons. We'll be naming them in the next episodes. Uh, But for now, we just want to thank all our patrons. And if you want to support this show, you can visit our page patreon.com slash esportsasia and you can become our patron and have access to exclusive posts. But for the last question, Eugene, we always do this in these episodes. Who would you like to see next on the episode? Uh, I have so many friends to invite. <laughs> like, I'm thinking right, yeah, really. Yeah, like, maybe you know. just uh, maybe a few names. Um, I think uh, I would like to definitely uh, like bring on a friend, an uh, old friend of mine. Okay. Uh, he used to be my second command Oof. back then. It was called Donald. So okay. like Donald has been doing so many, like he's been doing a lot of things for now for Battle Royale games here in Singapore. Right. So I think definitely that is something you yes. definitely want to hear. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah, we can link up later and sure. just talk about sure. it. All sure. right. Sure. So thank you again, Eugene. Thanks for coming. No it's been really great. Uh, Maybe next time you can come back for another episode. Can? We'll see. Sure. It's because we are missing Sabir today, right? Yeah. So shout out to Sabir. Get well soon. So thank you again. We're just going to edit here. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.